we're going to kind of go on a journey today and throughout these next four weeks talking about the Holy Spirit. What role does the Holy Spirit have in our lives? Why do we need the Holy Spirit to live as followers of Jesus right here and right now? Listen, if you read the Bible long enough, and um, if, if you read it from Genesis to Revelation, there, there's, there's, there's probably nothing, if you, if you read from cover to cover, you don't go, that whole thing makes total sense. Because we, we understand loving our neighbor, we understand loving our spouse, we understand loving our kids, but to love our enemies, that's not natural to us. We, we were kind of like, I'm not, I'm not sure that I can do that. And we, we, when we talk about God, especially in this series, we're talking about something that's supernatural, that's beyond our human capabilities to fully understand. And can I just relieve some of the pressure you may feel about that this morning? It's okay. It, it, it's okay for us to not fully wrap our minds around who God is, what Jesus did, who the Holy Spirit is, because God's bigger than us, right? God's supernatural and we are not. And I would just say it this way, if, if your God is small enough to make sense, he's not big enough to worship. And, and if we can just wrap our minds around who God is really easily, and there's not part of him that's a mystery, and there's not a part of him that's bigger than, our, than us, well, he, worshiping him doesn't really make sense because he's no different than us. And we serve a big, magnificent, all-powerful, all-knowing God that desperately wants to have a relationship with us. I want to ask you a question today. Who or what is most responsible for what you believe about God? Just think about that for a minute. Who or what is most responsible for what you believe about God? Maybe it's your grandmother because she took you to church when you were young. Maybe it's your parents, maybe it's a significant spiritual leader in your life. Maybe you grew up, um, you grew up in, in maybe with no religion or you grew up uh, in, in, a, in a kind of a different, different place. Who or what is most responsible for what you believe about God? Because here's the truth. At some point, each of us has to make a decision on what we believe about God, and it can't come from our parents parents, it can't come from our spouse, it can't come from our kids or our grandkids, it has to be personal to us. And the great thing about the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit wants to make it personal for you and me. In fact, the Holy Spirit wants to, to work in our life in some incredibly powerful, powerful ways. We're going to jump through a lot of scripture today, um, and if you have loop on your phone, it's a great way to stay engaged or involved in the scripture today. You'll also see it on the screens, but we're going to go through a lot. We're going to kind of take a journey, Old Testament, New Testament. What does the Bible say about the Spirit of God and what the Spirit of God or the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost? What does it say that the Holy Spirit does in our lives? What, what does he have the potential to do in our lives? So we're going to, we're going to go through some scripture Genesis 1-1, really familiar. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. John 3, 1 through 5 says this. It says, now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council, and he came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know you're a teacher. And that, had, that word teacher there had a lot of significance. He was, he was saying, we, hey, we, we know that, that you're more than just a good man. You're a teacher. You understand scripture. You know you're a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs 
you are doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Now that language was way, 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 way different for them. And it's even different for us hearing it, but Jesus is the one that introduced this idea of being born again. And he says, how can someone be born when they are old, Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and born of the Spirit. And a little bit later in this whole conversation, in this whole encounter, we hear this famous, famous, famous verse in John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And so we have the Holy Spirit. Um, we, we know that people in some instances have made the Holy Spirit kind of weird and kind of out there and kind of strange. We're, we're, we're not sure exactly where that goes or how we deal with it or how we think about it. But I want to just kind of take a look through Scripture today. I'm going to give you six things uh, from, from the Old Testament and the New Testament that the Holy Spirit has the potential to do for you and I as followers of Jesus. And we're, gonna, we're just going to go through a, through a lot today. Um, one thing that's really interesting is we see the Spirit of God in the Bible before we see Jesus. In, fa in fact, it says this, the Spirit specifically mentioned, the Trinity is there. And when it says in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, that's not just God the Father, that's Jesus the Son, and that's the Holy Spirit. And, and so we know that they're all working together, but we see the Spirit of God specifically mentioned. Genesis 1 verse 2, it says this. It says, the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God, or the Holy Spirit, was hovering over the waters. And then a little later in chapter 1, verse 26, it says, Then God said, let us make mankind in our image. And we want to kind of pause there and go, who's us? God's talking. I mean, it's one God in three parts. God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit. John chapter 1, verse 1 through 4, uh, we're introduced, and it says this, In the beginning was the Word, and that's specifically speaking about Jesus. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, or in the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made in him was life, and the life was the light of men. Then in verse 14 of John 1, it says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as only son from the Father, full of grace and truth. So we're going to jump into Old Testament for just a few minutes, then we're going to jump into the New Testament, and we're going to talk about some things that the Holy Spirit has the potential to do for us and uh, hopefully leave here with a better, and, and we don't need information. You don't need more information about God. For most of us in here, we're, we're pretty familiar with God. We don't need more information. We need, we need transformation in our lives. We need our lives to be different. We need our lives to look different. We need to live a little bit differently. And so hopefully today you'll be challenged to do that because we've been given an amazing gift that a lot of us don't use. We've been given this gift of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God that the Bible says really clearly when you and I at whatever time, wherever place we decided to confess our relationship with Jesus and 
we became a follower of Jesus, the Holy Spirit of God came and lived inside of us in that moment. So let's jump into these things. Number one is this, the Spirit of God can give wisdom and understanding. Who would just say, my neighbor or my spouse needs wisdom and understanding? Don't put your hand up because that will cause other issues. The Spirit can give us wisdom and understanding. Exodus chapter 11, verses 2 through 4 say, says this. See, I have chosen Bezaliah, son of Uri, the son of Hur, the, out of the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him, listen to this, with the Spirit of God, with wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge, and with all kinds of skills to make artistic designs for work in gold and silver and bronze. And here we have an example of the Spirit of God giving someone wisdom and understanding. This guy was just looking for a job. And he's filled with the spirit of God and becomes a graphic designer, basically is what happens here. And, and so the spirit of God can fill us with wisdom and understanding about life, about things that we have questions about. The spirit of God can teach you things you'll never learn in a classroom. Is classroom learning important? Yes. Is Holy Spirit teaching us things important? Yes. We, we need it. We, we desperately need it. And I get asked all the time, Kevin, are we living in the end times? And, and you can read through the Bible and read through Revelation and read through what some of the Gospels say and some of the prophecies say in the Old Testament. And, and it's all right there. And uh, I, I, I like to say yes, but, you know, I thought we were living in the end times in the 80s. You remember those films that came out in late 70s, early 80s, where like people just disappeared off the earth and people are running around and it's um, uh, A Thief in the Night and some of those other films that came. I, I thought that was it. As a kid, I'm like, man, I'm going to wake up one day and mom and dad are going to be gone and I'm going to be left alone forever. You know, it was like a huge fear for me. I, I thought we were living in the last days in, in, when Y2K hit. Do you remember Y2K? <laughs> I, I, the world was coming to an end. Computers were taking over. You know, we were storing extra food. Um, the church that I was on staff at at that time decided, what better way for end, the, the world to come to an end than let's be in a prayer service at the church. And we, so we were in a Y2K prayer service, and, and it, was, I mean, it was a good thing to be there. But I thought, I thought it was the end times. And yet you look around today and you see all that's going on in our world with Nations versus nations and earthquakes and all the different things that we see, the tragedies. I, I do believe that we're getting close to a time when Jesus is going to return. But that could be today, that could be 40 years from now or 100 years from now. I, I don't know. But I know this, that I need the wisdom and the understanding of the Holy Spirit in my life to live in a way that's going to honor God. And the reality, no matter how smart we are, no matter how much we're on top of things, we all need the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit of God can give to us. The second one is this. The Spirit of God can speak through us to encourage other people. Numbers 11.25 says this. It says, Then the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke with him and took some of the power of the Spirit that was on him and put it on the 70 elders. When the Spirit rested on them, they prophesied, but they did not do so again. And so... Here's just an example of the Spirit of God can be used in our lives to encourage other people. Now, this is speaking specifically about prophecy. You thought the Holy Spirit was weird. You get into prophetic stuff and prophecy, and I mean, people can make that really strange and really weird. 
Um, and and, and it, 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 we, we get in our humanness with that stuff, and wow, it's, but prophecy is a legitimate thing. Um, prophecy is just simply speaking God-inspired words to someone else. You're led by the Spirit of God to speak words to someone else. Crystal and I have had some wild things prophesied over us early on in our marriage. I mean, some stuff that I was like, what? What? Um, none of it's happened. Doesn't mean it won't happen, but sometimes when we get into the prophetic and people get into the prophetic, they allow the humanness to take over rather than the spirit of God. And so, um, but the spirit of God can give us the ability to encourage other people. If you, if you don't hear anything else about this point, hear this, please. We all have someone in our life that is currently believing a lie. That they're not skinny enough, that they're not pretty enough, that they're not smart enough, that they're not rich enough, that they don't have a nice enough car, that they, that, that they don't do good enough in school. We all have people in our life right now, someone, probably multiple people, that need encouragement, that need the Spirit of God to be used in us to encourage them and to give them life-giving words. To see in them what maybe they don't even see in themselves. And, and, and this, is not a, this is not a performance thing. You don't have to perform to belong to God. God. God loves you. He loves me just because that's who he is. It's part of his character. It's part of the choice that he has made to love us unconditionally. While we were still sinners, Jesus came and died for us. But can I tell you, God can use you in some incredible, incredible ways to bring encouragement into the lives of other people. People that you care about, people that you know, people that you are intimately involved with. God can use the Spirit of God in you to speak encouraging words. And I don't know all the details of your life, but I know the details of mine. And I know that there's people in my life just like your life that need encouragement because they're believing something that maybe isn't true. And so let's allow... God's spirit has been given to us as this incredible gift to allow us to do that. Number three, and this is a big one. We're going we're gonna to park here for five minutes or so. The spirit of God can give us strength to fight life's biggest challenges. If we had some time today, so many of you could stand up. If I put a microphone in your face and say, tell me about some of the biggest challenges you face. In your life. Tell, tell, me, tell me what you're walking through. Tell me what's going on. And you can share about a relationship that's broke down. You can share about a financial crisis. You can, some of you, unfortunately, could share about some tremendous loss that you've encountered. We all face huge obstacles in our life at some point. The Spirit of God can give us the strength to fight through those biggest challenges. Let me give you an example. Judges chapter 15, verse 14 and 15. This is what it says. As he, talking about Samson, approached Leah, the Philistines came toward him shouting. They were, they were going to do some harm. They were going to do some damage. And it says, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him. The ropes on his arms became like charred flax, and the bindings dropped from his hands. Finding a fresh jawbone of a donkey, he grabbed it and struck down a thousand men. Now, I'm not telling you to pick up a jawbone and kill a thousand people. But that, that's an example right there of the Spirit of God working in someone when they face a huge challenge in 
their life. Samson had his challenges and we have ours. Whether it's battling cancer, whether it's a health crisis, whether it's a relationship that's teetering on a, a breakup, whether it's a job loss, whether it's the loss of a loved one, we all go through huge valleys and deal with big losses and, and big obstacles in our life. And the Spirit of God is there to help us fight through it. I don't have time to go into the details of it. But when I was in, later on in high school, my, in my junior year, you know, I, I faced an incredible health crisis that doctors told my parents, hey, your son's probably not going to live. Get, get ready for him to pass. And in the midst of all that was going on in my life in that moment, um, I, I could not have withstood what I withstood on my own strength. It was the spirit of God that was living inside of me that helped get me through it, along with care from medical professionals and healthcare people and doctors and nurses and prayer. Um, all those things combined. But, but what God is, has put this amazing gift into our lives to help us, and so many times we go, ah, I don't know that I want that help. Number four, this is going to get really uncomfortable, just warning you, because this word makes some of us uncomfortable. Number four, the Spirit of God can birth the supernatural. Um, there are a group of, groups of Christians that don't believe that miracles are for today. But I've seen miracles with my own eyes. I've seen people that couldn't walk begin to walk. You've probably seen some miracles. God, God is a God of supernatural, and what he did through the Bible, he can do right now, present day. He's not limited to that. In fact, probably one, of our, one of our greatest forefathers in our country, Thomas Jefferson, um, actually created this Bible called the Thomas Jefferson Bible. And I don't know if you know anything about this Bible, um, but he basically took out all the scriptures that referenced any type of supernatural event. Thinking God doesn't do that anymore. Now I'm not even sure that that happened because I can't wrap my mind around it. Let me remind you of some supernatural things that happened in scripture. And the temptation for us is just simply this. We read about it in scripture and we go, that's great. That's scripture, this is my life. <laughs> that, 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 that can't happen. Why not? Is God any less powerful today than he was then? Does God love us any less than he loved people in scripture? Matthew 1.18 says, this is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, before they came together as husband and wife, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Supernatural. A supernatural work. The Spirit of God can birth the supernatural in our lives. If you need a miracle, God's Spirit's powerful enough to, to do that. Well, Kevin, why, why don't I see a miracle? I need a miracle in my life right now. I'm walking through something. I'm dealing with something. I need it right now. Why is it not happening? I've prayed. I've asked others to pray. 
And I'll stand before you and go, I, I, I can't fully answer that. I'm not God. And his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts higher than our thoughts. But I do know this, that he's placed the spirit of God inside your heart and inside your life. And, and when he chooses to do it, his will, not our will. His ways, not our ways. When he chooses to do it, he can still do supernatural. And he still does supernatural throughout the world. The Spirit of God still does miracles today, and today could be the day that we experience that in our life if we open ourselves up to that. Let me talk to you about number five. The Spirit of God serves us as a helpful guide. Well, Kevin, what do I need guidance for? What do I need help for? Why, why do I need that in my life? I, I don't know about you, but I, I constantly need the guidance of the Holy Spirit in my life. And sometimes I don't listen. Does anyone else have that problem? <laughs> sometimes I, I think I know better than him. I know better than God's Spirit speaking to me. I, and I don't always listen, but I need his guidance. I'm making choices every single day. You're making choices. Every, we have decisions to make. And, and some days I wish I could just rewind the time piece and go back to when I was a kid and my mom would look at me and go, you want to eat in the cafeteria today or do you want me to pack your lunch? That was like the biggest decision I had. Doesn't that sound beautiful? Man, we just, I just want to go back to those simple days. But as we get older, more and more decisions come into play. Why do we need the Spirit of God as our helpful guide? One word, sin. Have you tried stopping it on your own? We, we, we can't do it on our own. We need God's spirit working inside of us, guiding us, directing us. John 14, verses 15 through 17, Jesus said this, If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. That's another word for the Holy Spirit in Scripture. He'll give you another helper to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. And don't miss that. We just kind of pass through that. He'll be with you and he dwells in you. This helper that God's given us, this incredible gift that he's placed in front of us. Romans chapter 7 um, there's this passage, in, and I, it's not in your notes today, uh, but it's where Paul basically says, he's just being really honest with his life. This is the Apostle Paul that's planted churches, that's preached sermons, that's seen healings, that's, that's done so much. And in Romans chapter 7, verses 14 and 15, you can look it up later, he says, all the things that I want to do, I don't do. And then there's things that I desperately don't want to do, and I find myself doing them. I don't know if you've ever felt that way in your, in, your, in your walk with Jesus, where you're like, there's just some things I want to give my life to, but I find myself headed in this direction. And there's some things I don't even want to be involved in, and I find myself doing them time and time and time and time again. We've been given this helper, we've been given this teammate, we've been given this spirit of God living inside of us. 
I, I want to do better, but I find myself going in the opposite direction. And sometimes we think we can just do it in our own strength. Have you, ever, have, you ever, have you ever tried to do that in areas of your life? Just to do it in your own without help, without help of others or the help of the Holy Spirit? Um, man. It, it, I'll illustrate it this way. One, one of the toughest things that I deal with as a parent is kids' toys. And if, you, if, you're, if you've aged out of that part of your life where you just buy toys for your grandkids and then smile at your kids and say, deal with that, you're at a good place in life. But putting kids' toys together, Crystal's more likely to do that than I am. Like if she, we get our kids' toys and, and she says, hey, I, Dad, I need, I need you to put this together, okay? Three hours later, I'm still in the same spot and I've like adjusted, it doesn't, it doesn't work. I need some help. Or what about this? Maybe you don't relate to that. And men, we're bad at this. We don't ask for directions. We don't ask for help. It's, not, it's a lot easier with our phones now and if you have GPS in your car and all, all that stuff. But, but sometimes I, I, I've been with some guys driving before. They, they just, um, they're like, no, I know where I'm going. No, bro, you're lost. Just ask for some help. Just get some, get some directions. It's, it's okay to ask for help. We have this amazing gift of the Holy Spirit that God's given to us to help us live our lives in a way that pleases and honors him. And he's offered it to us. He's put it in front of us. And we're like, nah, I'm good, God. I mean, why would you want your life to be harder than it has to be? And yet the way we deal with and treat and maybe disregard the Holy Spirit's role in our life. We're basically going, I, I got this on my own. He's given us this amazing helper. I want to read a couple more scriptures and then we're going to, then we're going to wrap up. John 14, 25 through 26 says this, These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you, but the helper, there's that word again, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send you in my name, he will teach you all things. And bring to remembrance all that I have said to you. Have you ever been in a situation where um, you're trying to make a decision or you, maybe you're dealing with some adversity or something's going on in your life and this scripture that you read somewhere or heard somewhere pops back in your mind and you're like, oh man, I'm so thankful for that. That was the Holy Spirit. That was the Holy Spirit bringing things to our remembrance. Jesus said it right here. Hey, he, he's going to remind you of things. He's going to teach you some things. He's going to bring to remembrance all that I have said to you. John 17, just a couple chapters later, verses 13 and 14, says this. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. So we've been given this amazing gift. This amazing helper. The spirit of God. And he, he, he's, not, he's not weird. He's not a bully. He, he's not strange. He just wants to engage and involve in our life. And he wants to help us live our lives in a way that brings honor to God the Father and glory to Jesus Christ. The last one is this, and we're going to pray. Number six, the Spirit of God can give us divine revelation. Divine revelation. I want to read one, one scripture, and I, I love this. It's found in 1 Corinthians 
chapter 2, it says this, But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear has heard, nor the heart of a man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. Who's thankful for that today? And then it goes on and says, These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. In the Old Testament, it was really hard for people to know which way to go. When they had to make decisions about their life, they weren't sure which way to go. So they would go to a priest or they would go to a prophet, someone that they looked at that was more spiritual than them, and they would ask, what do you think, what, what does God say about this decision in my life? But you know what, we, we don't have to do that anymore because we have the Spirit of God, the very Spirit of God living inside of us that can give us direction, that can give us help, that is revealing things to us. In fact, that word revealed in the scripture that I just read, actually, and this isn't a, a surprise to you, the actual word means revelation, which is talking about opening of curtains or a light bulb coming on. So we, we, we've been given the opportunity to hear from the Spirit of God and ha- get divine revelation into our life. And let me just say this, because this, this is something that people can tr- be tripped up sometimes. If the divine revelation that you feel like you're getting from the Spirit of God is different than what the Bible says, it's not the Spirit of God. God's never going to do anything to contradict himself. The words of, is not going to say one thing and what you feel in your heart say something different. That's just pizza that you ate way too late last night. Let me leave you with this today. And you've maybe heard this before, that God is for you, God is with you, and God desperately wants to dwell inside of you. You have more power in you than you know. Whether you're 75 or 17, if you've made a decision to follow Jesus Christ, you have the Spirit of God living inside of you. We just kind of blow by that. It's the same Spirit that we read about in Genesis chapter 1 that said the Spirit of God hovered over the waters. That Spirit inside of you. That Spirit inside of me. That Spirit's been given to us to help us with wisdom and understanding, to help our words to other people be encouraging and life-giving and God-honoring. To help us when we don't feel like we can take us any steps further down the path of life because we're facing something no one should have to face in our life. And we're walking through it, but we're not walking alone. We're not walking without power that we've been given through, through the Holy Spirit of God. God gave us that Holy Spirit so that supernatural things could be birthed in our lives. So that healings, miracles. You know, the, the, one of the greatest supernatural things that ever happens in someone's life, it was when someone gives their heart to Jesus. That's a supernatural occurrence. We don't think of it that way, but God takes our sin and replaces it with the blood of Jesus in our life. And, and God looks at us and he doesn't see all the junk we do. I was talking with someone this morning that said, I, I worry about this person in my life that I care about because they don't think they could ever be good enough for God. Well, aren't you glad that we don't have to be good enough because the blood of Jesus has replaced the way that we live our lives and the things that we've done. 
God's given us this spirit of God as a helper for us to, to not have to question a bunch of things, but to know where we need to walk and know what we need to do and also to experience divine revelation. I want to pray with you right now. And, um, and then, then Mickey's going to lead us in this course. Um, that whether you have heard this song before or not, um, maybe it would, the best thing would be just to close your eyes and allow the Spirit of God that's in this place and also living inside of each of us that are followers of Jesus to speak to you in these closing moments. But I want to pray with you. God, I thank you for today. Jesus, you said that it was better that you would leave this earth because your Father was going to send someone that we needed even more to live our lives for you, and that was the Holy Spirit, that this gift was coming, that this, this, this thing that was going to enable us to um, be men and women that live out our faith in a real and honest and authentic way was going to come into our lives. And we're so grateful and thankful for that. God, I, I pray that you would forgive me and forgive anyone else that's done this. We just kind of take it for granted that your spirit, the very spirit of God, the Holy Spirit is living inside of us to help us navigate life, to give us encouragement and to help our words be encouraging to others, to walk through the, the lowest valleys of our life because we all face them and the circumstances are different, but the valleys are very real when you're walking through it. God, that you've given us your Holy Spirit to help us and to guide us to bring back things to remembrance from your word and your principles and what you've said about life and how we're to live it. God, you've given us all of that. We have this amazing gift. Would you help us use and take advantage of the very Spirit of God living inside of us? Because God, I, I, I can't live for you in my own strength and my own ability. It just doesn't work. I need your Spirit to help me to do that. And, and all of us could find ourselves there as well. God, would you help us understand our connection to the Holy Spirit in just some real and practical ways for our lives? This isn't so much about getting some more information about who you are, God. This is about allowing our lives to be transformed because your Spirit is living inside of us and we're new people, we're a new creation. We thank you for that. Would you walk with us? Would you go with us? In Jesus' name we ask these things. And agree together and say, amen. Would you just quietly, as best you can, just stand to your feet? Mickey's going to lead us in this, in this part of this song. And this is the time for you maybe just to close your eyes, to not be distracted by someone around you, behind you, in front of you. And allow the Spirit of God that we've talked about for a few minutes today to speak to you in the closing moments of our time together.
that's what it comes down to, surrender. God, your ways, not my ways. Your will, not my will. Your spirit leading me and guiding me, not my own thoughts and my own abilities and my own strength, but God, your strength. And when we do that, when we allow our lives to be led by the spirit of God, it doesn't mean that everything's going to work out perfectly. But it means that we're not walking through whatever we're facing by ourselves. And and God knows what you and I are going to face before we face it. He knows what we're going to go through uh, before we do. So don't you think he's the best one to guide us through it? Don't you think he's the best one to give us the strength to walk through it? Don't you think he's the right one to lead us? God, would you just help us to surrender all of who we are to your spirit, to who, who you are and what you've done in our lives. We love you and we just we thank you so much for your presence here today in this place. And uh, God, as we leave this morning, I, I pray that we would not, um, we would not take your, your presence for granted, but we'd, we'd be reminded that you're with us each and every day no matter where we're at. And that would fill us with hope, that would fill us with joy, that would fill us with purpose, and it would give us the strength that we need. In the mighty and powerful name of Jesus, we agree together and we say, amen. Amen. God bless you. Have an amazing, amazing day. We'll see you again soon.